Guatney Unplugged, hosted by Scott Romine, is brought to you by Guatney Buick GMC at 5700 Landers Road in North Little Rock, next to Sam's Club. Call 501-945-4444 or visit GMC.com. GMC, we are professional grade. Hey, Scott Romine here. We are talking with a super talented Arkansan. He, Randall Shreve is a singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist out of Northwest Arkansas. I saw him perform at the Hall. Man, he's got all kind of talent. How are you, Randall? Hey, I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks, Scott. Thanks oh, for yeah. having me. Oh, gosh, yes, absolutely. Now, where did you grow up in Arkansas? Uh, mostly in uh, the MENA area, actually Hatfield, if you know where that is, just all the way west and right in the middle of the state. I know where MENA is, so how did you end up okay. in northwest Arkansas? Oh, by way of... Um, Orlando, New York City, Bloomington, <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> you took the short <laughs> route. Yeah. Nashville. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I ended up here. I, I traveled throughout my 20s um, all over all over the uh, place and just uh, ended up here because a lot of my family migrated to, to here. And, and uh, when I would come back through to visit, um, I started recognizing all the value of this, this area and just kind of fell in love with it. What was your first exposure to music? Oh, it would have been in church. Like, as my, you know, some of my earliest memories. Uh, my parents were ministers. And um, so I, I grew up around, you know, gospel music. And that was, that, was my, that was my introduction. And that's what kind of got me hooked. I know that you play several instruments. What all do you play and what's your favorite? Oh, well, I started on drums. Uh, drums were my original, my first love. Um, and then, but I feel like I just kind of learned the language over, over time because it's what I, what I enjoyed the most, you know, just um, creating and, and uh, whenever there would be an obstacle, it was usually, I don't know how to play this instrument. So I would, I would learn how to play the, the instrument so that I can overcome that obstacle. And, always had plenty of time on my hands because it's all I wanted to do. And, um, so, so just, I feel like the answer to that question is I play all of them as soon as I want to, <laughs> you I, know, just like, yeah. because it's all the same language. I'm sure finding a way to get paid to create music had to been a hurdle to get over, but probably that was a really thrilling part of this whole career. I would think. Oh yeah, yeah. That 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 part's exciting, um, and you know, stressful at times. But but now it's all right. It, it, you know, um, figuring out how to basically just lower overhead and not have, you know, not have that as um, expensive overhead on the road as as you, you tend to want to have. You know, I'm what I would prefer to travel with a giant band and and um, big production and all of that and play venues that are expensive to play but um that's not always the best way to to make a living so um figuring out how to how to build a show that make that uh doesn't cost a lot to travel around with was you know i think key for me i always ask musicians are you more of a beatles guy or a stones guy beatles 
all day. That's <laughs> a funny thing. Most people <laughs> say the Beatles if they're true musicians, it seems to be. Yeah, I do love the Stones, but the Beatles are the Beatles are the ones that uh, I connected with the most. I got gotcha. you. And so uh, your favorite instrument to play is still drums? Um, I think piano right now, but it, it, <laughs> it goes back and forth. With, with drums, I can't. Um, it's harder to, uh, to do the initial creation. Drums are more of a, an accompaniment instrument these days for me. But um, uh, guitar is the one I play the most because, it, because I can fit it in the Corolla. But uh, piano. Go. Yeah. Uh, piano is what I, at home, I play piano the most. Who is the greatest drummer of all time? Oh, well, <laughs> I, 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 I want to say Buddy Rich, um, it, which is probably true. But then you've got guys like Dennis Chambers that I, I just, you know, have to give a shout out to as far as drummers go. So, Neil Peart was one of my favorites. Yeah. Neil Peart from Rush was one of my favorites growing up. Um, but yeah, I, I, Dennis Chambers is, uh, it'd be hard to, it'd be hard to, to beat Dennis Chambers. I gotcha. So you've toured all over. Can you tell us some of your biggest shows you've done? Maybe what some of your favorites were? Cause I mean, you've went outside of Arkansas quite a ways. Yeah. Well, um, I had a residency in, in New York city when I lived up there, that was, I mean, not. You definitely wouldn't describe it as big, but it was um, in my mind. It was big. It was a. It was, it was nice to have a, a recurring gig there in in New York. Um, I would play at uh, Rockwood Music Hall and a place called Valhalla. Those were my two most regular spots. Um, but uh, largest, as far as numbers. Um, Early on in my career as a drummer, we would we did a we did an arena tour where we got to open for bigger bands and and you know we would see we would see like 10, 14, 10 to fourteen thousand wow at, at those shows yeah that was that was crazy that's a big um, show yeah yeah now I um, I'll do an occasional like I do this Freddie Mercury tribute show and that show gets get pretty good numbers and so occasionally there will be some event that we're playing that has that that kind of crowd where um a couple of years back we had we had like ten thousand people in front of us and you know to see that show so that was that was cool i definitely want to talk about freddie mercury in our next segment but right now i want to hear about your original music and i i've seen the stuff on youtube that you've done and it does have kind of this like a unique circus type sound like a pt barnum on some of it it's really yeah. really cool what kind of influence that obviously the circus but i mean you i guess you're yeah. a big fan of the circus well i as a kid it was so fascinating to me and and really um is one of my core memories my my dad um took me out of school and and it was just this day of magic like almost like a make-a-wish day but i wasn't i wasn't dying or anything. <laughs> yeah right uh, I don't know what, I don't know what was happening. I think maybe just a perfect storm, like all of these things aligned and my dad, uh, just wanted to, wanted to take me and my brother on a, you know, a day that would be a treat for us. But we went and, um, 
we we got in an airplane for the first time, a little a little like four seater, and flew over our town and and you know that was it was, I saw clouds from above for the first time. Just very fascinating, you know, day and um and then uh, we went from there. We went to the this little section of this little section between me and Hatfield, where I live, um, where there is a, a um, railroad track, and they're they're pulling stuff out of the out of a train, and like just like old school setting up a circus, and got to watch them as the tent went up. You know, watch the, all these guys hammering in stakes and pulling the tent up, and I got to see you know, pulling the the um, all all of the ride, you know, rides and stuff like yeah. the animals out of the out of there. It was just, and and then we came back and we watched the circus that night. And I just remember being so overwhelmed. It's not like I really wanted to join the circus in that way, but all the aspects of it um, were appealing to me. Like the the idea of getting back on that train at the end of the night and moving to the next town was just a thrilling. Um, thrilling concepts for me. It's amazing, and, amazing the things we see when we're young that influence us for years to come. Yeah, yeah. And when I started, um, when I started writing music, that I think you know, it, it it didn't take long at all for that to start showing up. And when it started showing up, it was like I started really connecting with my own music, and so I started pulling that. Um, pulling that particular influence out more and letting it, you know, be exposed, you know, where I think most people might have, might, if they had that in them, they might hear it and be like, Oh God, nobody wants to hear that. Or, or that won't (laughs) sell or that won't, you know, radio won't play that. Instead for me, it was just, it, it, um, made me feel kind of, um, like made me see how I, how I was special. You know, like everybody's, everybody is special in how they create, but I was able to more clearly define what, what, um, was unique about my writing. I think it's important to entertain yourself first and then let the others come along and like what you're doing. That's, that's always been my experience. What's going to make me laugh first or whatever. And everybody else will come along for the ride. Hey, Randall, I understand at some point in time. You did a David Bowie tribute show. Was he just one of your favorites? And, and how did this come about? Well, I, I mean, I've always loved Bowie. I, I, I grew up, you know, Bowie was uh, a loud presence. I always enjoyed Bowie, but it was actually my piano player at the time, Timothy Grace, who, um, you know, brought that up in rehearsal and she's like here's here's something special we could do we could do a a bowie tribute um and you know incorporate several of our favorite locals and you know uh, bring them into the show and and so we started working on it and when we started working on it there was there were some there were even some hits that i didn't know you know like i i liked bowie but he was always kind of in my peripheral it wasn't it wasn't uh he, was, he didn't have my focus but um that experience made me appreciate him um, so much more. And, and that was really my uh, training for that, um, that tribute show 
which we only did once, maybe really. Twice. Yeah, um, but training for that was was really my uh, what created my my real love for bowing. Is it? I mean, you are such a talented guy. You play all you know, pianos and drums and guitars and and sing. Is it? Is there some apprehension when when the thought of a tribute show comes along? I would think that maybe a person would have, because you have all your own original material. Was there some yeah. hesitancy to go? I don't know if I want to go down that road doing other people's stuff. Um, yeah, a little bit, but um, it, it's. I, I feel like I'm one of my. I feel like one of my strengths is to. Um, to draw boundaries for myself and to um, to not to not do stuff that I'm not comfortable doing or that I don't think is good for me. And that's with tributes. Uh, that's you know what I had to kind of you know I've always had to keep myself in check with it. You know I can't let a tribute show be my life. Uh, right. But but it, if it's going to make me stronger, if, if it's going to make me a better performer, a better anything. Um, then, uh, then it's worth doing once. And, and if I can continue to get value out of it, then it's worth doing again. And I saw the, like I mentioned, the, the Bowie tribute, I, I did it once or twice. Uh, well, we did it, we did it once under that incarnation. And then another time as a different band, we, we, we put it back together. Um, so it was twice, but the, the, Freddie Mercury tribute is um, one of those that I continue to get. Um, I continue to get good from it. I continue to yeah. get good things from it. You know, it makes me stronger. It keeps me in shape. It 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 keeps me from being lazy because you can't go into that halfway and you and you you don't get to you don't get it's never autopilot that way. You know, you you have to stay strong. You have to stay physically healthy and and um, and you have to be sharp in your mind. So it keeps me from, you know, settling into what's easy, what's comfortable and what comes naturally. I've always heard there was something about Freddie Mercury's voice where he could do like four octaves at a time or something that no one else really could do. Did you find that he is really hard to do? And, and what really was going on there with his voice? Oh, I mean, he 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 truly has the. There's a lot going on. One, he has such amazing range. He's got he's got such a broad range. Uh, two, his his presentation, his his inflection on on a note is different from any other person. Is um, a lot of that just comes from the emotion that he's putting into it, and and the fact that he de he never sings a note halfway. Um, but yeah, I mean he's he's just such a passionate individual with such um unique uh talent that like you you have to be born with but i it was it was intimidating uh, uh, approaching doing that because he's always been like my favorite singer he's like oh, yeah. the, the gold standard um but um doing it made me it, it made me have to work it made me have to real like find new ways to improve my my craft 
um, yeah, I definitely found it difficult, but rewarding. I've seen another queen tribute thing and yours is the best there is. I mean, and you know what I really love about your Freddie Mercury tribute deal? And I want to know if this was intentional. What I took away from it was they're not trying to replicate queen exactly they're trying to put their own take like their own impression of what it was like and i really i'm honestly i thought your best part of the performance was what you brought and what you did with under pressure the david bowie song that he did with queen and 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 the way you know you had more people on stage not necessarily everybody was dressed like you know, the characters from the band. I was that all intentional. I'm sure I would think it would be. Yeah, it was, I mean, what wasn't intentional was, was quickly evolved. Um, it it started off with, you know, it was, we wanted to focus on the music of Freddie Mercury, like, you know, queen of course, but like, like focus on all the things that are Freddie Mercury and what, you know, um, so we, uh, we originally, we were going to do, uh, stuff from his, from his solo uh, career, but then you start running into trouble with um, with time because there are so many hits. There are so many Queen hits we're leaving out oh, because yeah. it's you know because we're we, we're not going over two hours with that show. Uh, you, one, I mean, the main reason is that I can't I can't survive singing two hours of Freddie. You know, <laughs> so I can bet. Uh, What's the hardest one to yeah. do? What's the hardest Queen song to? to sing uh probably the show must go on either that or innuendo and we have them back to back on that on that show usually so it's just this there's this this middle of the show that is really taxing <laughs> well i i guess the real freddie mercury had the same i'm sure he had the exhaustion from doing the show just like you would or whatever i've always heard that yeah. Like there's parts of Bohemian Rhapsody that he would never sing in the same way live that you hear it yeah. on the tape. Is that what, what is that? Um, yeah, I know he's definitely saving his voice. So, uh, um, you know, they would, when they would go on tour, they were, pl- they would probably play every night, you know, they would definitely play several times a week. We've done this show. I believe there've been two times that we've ever done back-to-back shows where it's where it's a friday and saturday night mm-hmm. um and those we what we did we did leading up to new year's eve we did friday saturday and then i had a sh- i had an original show on sunday um this year so on that sunday show on the saturday show i had to recover my voice from from last night i had to get it back and and it was it was tough but I got it back just in time for the show on my Sunday night original show. I didn't get my voice back. I, I, I struggled through that the whole two hours because I had just, I had beaten myself up. And mm-hmm. so I know that when, when you hear Freddie changing some melodies, because he's not, he's not going to where he did on, on the uh, recordings, he's, he's conserving because he knows he's got to do three or four or five this week. Ah, and, and yeah. that's not something I've had to deal with. So I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm going for it on each of those Freddie shows, um, because I'm not Freddie Mercury, and I feel like I have, <laughs> I don't, I don't get to, 
I don't get to back off. I have to go all in every time. But I, I'm at this point, I don't think I could do a third one in a row. Really? I don't think I could. So just, I used to not think I could do two in a row. <laughs> people don't just want the voice. They want the essence of what he was. I mean, yeah. like Elvis Presley. I mean, you can't come out and sing Elvis and not wear the jumpsuit True. or whatever. So what all did you yeah. have to, to put into becoming Freddie for the, I mean, working out or dieting or, or what all kind of stuff? Both. Yeah, I did. I did end up having to, to work out and diet a lot and it started off. It was, it was, it was for the intention was to take good care of my voice and to get, make sure that my body is healthy for my, for my voice, for my singing. Um, and then, um, you know, as we started doing these shows and I would, I would come out on, on stage and immediately be all in energy wise. And we're doing that for two hours. I started realizing I, I can't get, I can't get lazy on this show. I can't have you know, a fluctuation of, I have to basically be in these, in these three to five pounds, you know, I can't get too light to where I'm, you know, to where I'm not strong, but I can't get too heavy to where I get winded too fast. So I started recognizing the different, you know, as we did this show, I started recognizing the different things that would, you know, improve and the things that would take away from it. But, um, but yeah, as far as the, his persona, I just watched, just every bit of video I could find and then the voice I was I I was listening to uh, single out tracks where it's just his voice mm-hmm. um, I would track those down and listen to you know his inflection on and on every word and then I would listen to those over and over and over till I felt like I, you know when I would listen to this to the full song with the band again I would feel like I could hear you know hear him better right where can people follow you online? Uh, RandallShreve.com. Okay. That's, that's where uh, basically everything's linked from there. I'm also on social media uh, everywhere. Just just Randall Shreve. Um, like like Shreveport and uh, Randall at Cunningham. Any shows coming up you want to mention? Um, well, my, all my, my shows are always updated there at randallstreet.com. I'm in Eureka Springs this weekend, uh, for two in a row. And then I'm, um, I just finished a residency in Fayetteville on Tuesday nights. So I'll, I'll probably be looking for another residency, um, coming up somewhere close to home. And, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm somewhere, I'm somewhere, somewhere you know, all 10, the time. 10 to 15. 10 to 15 nights a month, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Randall Shreve. Go follow him at randallshreve.com. Thank you. thank you so much. We'll be right back here on Guatney Unplugged.